Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our topic today is healing through service, and our guest is John Pete. John Pete is a certified grief counselor and founder of MyGriefSpace.com. Like many others, John came to the field through losses in his personal life that include drowning, suicides, diabetes, heart disease, asthma, homicide, leukemia, AIDS, and pets. Whenever possible, John uses his personal experiences to ease the suffering of others who have lost a loved one. He encourages, he encourages anyone grieving a loss to actively seek out healing resources as a way to regain some much-needed control in their lives. John states that he finds tremendous personal healing by helping others. Welcome to the show, John. Good morning. It's great to be here. Hi, John. It's great to have you on the show. Hi, Dr. Lurie. Um, well, first of all, I just want to mention My Grief Space to start with, www.mygriefspace.com, because uh, you're trying to do a lot with your site to help people. You're having chat rooms. Uh, what else can people do from your site? Well, actually, our site is uh, pretty comprehensive. It, it, it uh, offers resources for blogging. Um, our blogs are also have the capability to be used as a private journal, as some people don't want to post publicly. Um, we have a pen pals area where people can sign up and become pen pals with other members on our site. Um, we offer support groups uh, broken down by types of losses, and those are headed by members themselves. And then we have a, a live chat room, which is uh, secure behind a password so they, they can feel secure talking about their losses. And we're looking to add new things all the time. That's great. Well, tell us, um, well, and we'll talk a little bit about more about your site a little later on in the show, but tell us how you got into this field. I mean, you've had quite a few losses. Right. Um, I, the, the most recent thing that happened in my life that really pushed me towards this was I lost my best friend to suicide. We had been best friends for over uh, 20 years, and he really had no other family, so he kind of became another one of my brothers in my family, and we uh, did a lot of things together, spent weekends hiking uh, in Colorado and doing all kinds of things together, and he did suffer from mental illness, which deteriorated through the years. And I had moved to New York and been gone for two years and got a call one day. Um, I had just talked to him a couple of days before he took his life on the phone. And That's a tough I- thing to have talked to somebody and felt like you could do something about it, right? Right, absolutely. And you know, they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. The mm-hmm. phone call that I got from him was was um, you know how much uh um your our relationship has meant to me and I've really enjoyed the years of hiking and it and it did seem a little odd to me at the time. Um but you don't ever piece it together. Right, no. yeah. You, you don't. don't get it till after, yeah. Yeah, and then a couple days later I got a phone call from another mutual friend and said that he had taken his his life earlier that day mm-hmm. and it was it was very traumatic and and as you mentioned i've had oh gosh i think i i sat down yesterday and just quickly counted up and it wasn't all inclusive but something like uh 10 to 15 losses in the past uh 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. wow that's awful what was your friend's name it, my friend's right. my friend's name was rich rich 
Rich Kennedy, yes, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, it, it kind of, at that point, pushed me to, I wanted to do something, as I went through my own grief over the next year and, and kind of tried to sort out what happened, um, I was doing a lot of research on, primarily on the Internet, looking at different sites and different resources, and it began to occur to me that I was spending a lot of time jumping from site to site to site to site, and I thought, why not put a, a lot of these resources together into one site? Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of uh, sparked the idea for MyGreaseBase.com, uh, which is now MyGreaseBase.net, by the way. MyGreaseBase.net. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, we changed it to .net. We've got that on our site, the, the briefblog.com. Well, uh, tell us, you're a certified grief counselor. Were you a counselor before uh, you had these tragedies, and what got you into grief counseling? Uh, no, actually, again, it was um, at the point that I was doing a lot of research and working through my own grief. One of the things that I found most helpful to me was talking with other people, relating to other people. Now, are you talking about your grief with Rich or someone else? Um, I think my grief with Rich and I think uh, uh, past grief, unresolved grief over the uh, few years preceding that. Uh-huh. What was that? Uh, you mean wh- who, what, who yeah, was that? Right. Um, my gra- I lost my grandmother, who I was mm-hmm. very close to. She helped uh, raise me as a child. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, I lost two close friends, uh, one to uh, brain hemorrhage and another one to AIDS. Mm-hmm. And then not long after that, I lost another friend, another close friend to a brain hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. Oh. It sounds like you're a good friend, doesn't yeah. it, Heidi? Absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, you're making a really good point also, John, because it's not necessarily who died, it's the relationship we have with that person. Mm-hmm. And like you said, your grandmother helped raise you, and these friends of yours were like brothers to you. So you had a very tight bond with the people that died. Yeah, right. I think one of the things we forget sometimes is that there are primary caregivers mm-hmm. that people are very bonded with. Yeah, and I think I think I do take that on a lot with my friends. I, I don't have a lot of casual friends. Most of my friends are a close inner circle of friends. Mm-hmm. And when something happens to them, it, it seems to affect all of us pretty profoundly in our group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I think in society, and, and you can tell me if this has been your experience, but in society, people tend to judge, and, uh, judge people's loss and say, well, that person wasn't related, or that person wasn't a brother, or that person was the grandmother. So therefore, your your grief should not be as significant as it should not be as big. And that's I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I run into that all the time, not only with myself but with other people. The where where people are telling them, well, it, it was just a friend, you mm-hmm. know, or it was just somebody you worked with. But that doesn't negate your 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 feelings of grief. Are real. They are what they exactly. are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and you need to have them acknowledged and validated. Yes. Yes. Which, and what? Um, so eventually, um, all of this made me want to get into the field of helping others. I kind of always found my, I found myself going quickly from being helped by the support of others to being the one that was was trying to help everybody all the time. So I think it is important, though, anybody that gets into the field is at a point in their own grief that they're ready to help other people and it, and it doesn't uh, drag them back into their own grief. That's mm-hmm. a good point. And how long after Rich died did you start MyGriefSpace.net? Uh, let's see. He died in April 2003, and we got our site uh, launched in December 2006. 
Now, what were you doing before you went into the grief counseling business? Wow. <laughs> I was doing a, a lot of different things, actually. I've, I've had a pretty diverse career. I would say I did grow up um, in human services. My parents were in the nursing home business, so I was always exposed to that. And earlier, fresh out of high school and even through high school, I did a lot of work in nursing homes, and that kind of got me into that. Right out of high school, I worked for 10 years as a residential count- counselor for developmentally disabled adults. Mm-hmm. Um, I got kind of burned out on that, and I left that and did a complete flip-flop and went into the banking business where I was an operations supervisor for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then I managed a staffing agency after that, again, <laughs> a big kind of diverse uh, um, employment. And then after that, I, I went into the grief counseling. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd love to talk about uh, how you got into that counseling. I think it's interesting, very interesting to me how you've come around to that because I know uh, a lot of our audience uh, is interested in, in going into this field since they've mm-hmm. gotten into it, I think, and we've had people ask us how we entered the field. I just want to again mention uh, mygriefspace.com because it's a fun place to go. Well, I guess if grief can be fun, it's 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 a very... And it's kind of an uplifting place to go, John. I want to say that. I like your colors and your your energy on the space. It's nice. Thank you. Thank you. Mom, it's, it's mygriefspace.net. Oh, I forgot. Dot net. Now, if people go in through .com, it's okay because okay. I do own both, and, and one will lead to the other. Okay. But it is on, on .net. .net. Yeah. Well, I like the, the fact that it's so comprehensive, and I love the pen pals because sometimes when we've had lots, certain losses, People that have had you know similar losses can really relate to you. Yeah, that was something somebody suggested. One of our members suggested is um, they just wanted some way to directly go into the site and find other people with similar losses. We do have a search feature where they can also do that, but I thought the pen pals um, was a great idea, so we added that on. I love that, and I know that you know I've been working with 9/11 for six years, and you know my 9/11 family said to me all the time, Heidi. People that have had other losses really can't relate to what I'm going through. It's unique because it is so public, and the way that they've healed is through searching out others that have had someone die on 9-11. Yeah, so that is a great idea. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about how you did get into the field. When we were at break, uh, we were also talking about the fact that your dad is ill with cancer and that his mother, your grandmother, on your dad's side died. Um, That's kind of hard for him with cancer. Yeah, it was... To lose his mother. I don't care if she's 96 or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, it did take a toll on him. And um, I was coming back and forth from New York uh, the past couple years. I made a couple trips back when he had surgery for his cancer, which was in his throat. And I kind of saw him deteriorating, and we were never quite sure which way it was going to go. Thankfully, he's doing well right now. But I just decided that it was time to come back to Denver to be closer to, to family. But, you know, as your parents get older, you, you do start to think about those things. Well, as a grief counselor, how do you, what do you find? I, you know, I was in the field of grief and loss when Scott was killed in 1983. I was actually working as a clinical nurse specialist at a hospital, and I was working with people whose kids were killed in automobile accidents and burn units and all sorts of things. And, uh, yeah, what, what do you see about a, a counselor having grief? Um, well, I, you know, it, it's, it's going to happen, of course, and, and I think uh, how we handle grief as grief counselors, is, is not so different than everybody else. We may be armed with a little more information and be a little more prepared, but I think when it happens to us, 
um, we go through everything that everybody else goes through. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. I think that's extremely true because I remember after Scott died, um, some of the psychiatrists and, and other nurses and people that I worked with at the hospital, uh, I remember one friend standing with me and I was reading through some of the literature because I'd actually written articles and things, and I'm like, I am going through all of these things, yearning and searching and emptiness in my stomach and waves of grief and, you know, all these things, I'm reading about them and I'm doing them. Right, right. Plus, the bottom line is you can read all you want about pain and rage and anger and depression, and until you've actually felt it at your core, you you not even you can't begin to get how much pain you're going to be in and how hard it's going to be. That is such an excellent point because I think um, a lot of people that come to the field of grief counseling come here through their own losses and their own experiences mm-hmm. and end up wanting to, to help others through through some I mean loss is, is a experience in life like nothing else. And having been there yourself um, is just invaluable to helping others. Uh, you can go get all of the technical experience and all the book experience and all the degrees and whatnot, but I think one thing that you can't get anywhere else is the experience itself until it's happened to you. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a tough uh, way to get it. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Yeah, I think you make an important point there, and one of the things that I found um, as a professional is that sometimes people hide their loss um, because you're not supposed to talk about it. That's kind of like back with the Freudian kind of thing. You know, you're not supposed to reveal anything about yourself as a therapist. And right. uh, and I think we're kind of giving that up idea, don't you, Heidi? Um, I absolutely don't practice that way I do tell my story however I don't get into detail and I always check in with myself who am I doing this for am I doing it to help my client or am I doing it for myself and when I you know I'm appropriate with them and when I show empathy and tears with my clients it's for them and I never do it to the point where they have to take care of me because this is about their loss and their grief and not mine. That's a great point, especially for our audience out there. If you are in therapy or if you're finding a therapist, you want and you sometimes feel uncomfortable that they're getting too involved or a friend is getting too involved in their own story, it's time to find somebody else to check in with if you, if you need support. Right. You don't need to be taking care of your therapist. And also, all losses are unique and different. And I, I say to my clients, and, John, I don't know if you do as well. You probably do. I say, look, I know what it's like to lose a brother in an instant and have my life turned upside down. However, I don't know what it's like to lose someone in the World Trade Center. That's your experience and your journey, and together we're going to heal, you know, walk our right. together. Right. I agree, and it, and it is their journey, and you are there to support them in their journey. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that is a very, very valid point is that it's not about you. I did get into this because it is healing to me, um, but at the same time, I don't go in and spend my sessions talking about John's grief. You know, right. you go in and you you focus on them. You draw on your experiences to help them, but you make it about them. Mm-hmm. And John, how did you get into the field of grief and loss? You were in banking and all these things, and then you decided to go in the field. What if we've got somebody out there who is in a totally different field? What did you do? Uh, well, I actually, while I was surfing endless hours online, sometimes at 2, 3 in the morning, when I was going through my own grief, I I met a gentleman named Dr. Flary, Dominic Flary, um, who heads the American Institute of Healthcare Professionals. And um, 
I emailed him and talked to him a little bit about the, that I was uh, having an interest in helping other people and, and got suggestions from him. And they actually have a course that lasts um, about, it's self-paced, but it takes about a year to complete the course and it does involve field work. And I know a lot of people shy away when you say internet, learning to do something on the internet, but it does involve, uh, testing. It is accredited and it, it does involve a lot of field work that, that is invaluable to becoming a grief counselor. So, um, I kept in contact with him and when I was ready to move further into the field, um, I began taking their course. And I actually, it, it was a lot more intensive than I, than I had expected, but it was great. It was a great course, and it's something that anybody that has a genuine interest and a commitment to become a grief counselor can do it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And Online, where would they get in touch with to do that? The, their website, I think, I don't know 100%, I think it's uh, AIHCP.com. American Institute of Healthcare Professionals dot com. All right, and they could probably go to your space and um, my grief space and get that information from you too, right? Yes, and and I would also suggest um, reaching out to others in the field, email others that are in the field that are helping people, and ask them about their experiences. I don't, it's not something you want to go into blindly. I think it's something that you really have to want badly to do and and be dedicated to do it. Mm-hmm. And, John, are you in a private practice now, or how do you see clients now? Well, I generally was seeing people one-on-one in New York. I didn't okay. do uh, group support. Now that I'm in Denver, I haven't really decided yet which which direction I'm going to take it, and I have been focusing um, on my website. But I do think that um, moving forward, I'll definitely get back into one-to-one counseling, but I probably will also expand into group support. So if there's people in the Denver area that would like to get involved they just they should go on mycreefspace.net to get in touch with you. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. I'm open to hearing from from anybody at any time on our site. What uh, kind of plans do you? I, I know you have some interesting uh, thoughts about the internet and and what can happen. And what, what kind of plans would you see for the internet? Well, I think the internet has has opened up a whole new world. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were doing grief counseling. Um, I think has it was evolving about the same time as the internet was evolving, and at this point, instead of reaching out just to your community, you can reach out to millions of people literally. So well, I think it plays a, an ex, extremely important role in providing grief support. You know, it, it is, it's. I'm sorry, mom. Excuse me. What you can say? I was going to say, mom and and John. It's a, it's a virtual community, 24/7, and sometimes our grief is the most profound in the middle of the night. Absolutely. And to be able to log on and have a community and a support system I think is invaluable. And I just wanted to say one more thing about service, which I love. This is why I love the Internet also. Even if you're newly bereaved and you feel like you just can't do anything or give back, sometimes, even if you feel really bad, you can get on the Internet and reach out to someone else who's had a loss, and you can give back that way and be of service, and that can be the beginning of your healing process. Absolutely. People really value the comments that are made to their losses on the griefblog.com. Now, can people comment on uh, other people's stories on, your, on my grief space? Yes, they, there is a, a choice to do that. Whoever posts the blog has a choice to open it up for comments. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right, Heidi. Just making that comment can be the first step out to helping others. 
Well, um, John, I wanted to ask you a little bit. We were talking a little bit about um, a grief, you know, you're a certified grief counselor, about uh, your your dad now has uh, throat cancer and his mother died recently. What kinds of thoughts do you have for people on this ongoing journey that we're having in the world? I think um, it's really important for people not only that have lost someone or that are going to lose someone, but in general to be attentive to the fact that it's very, very likely that we are going to lose loved ones in our lives. And it seems to me, I run into this a lot, that that society has kind of turned a blind eye to to the topic of death and dying and 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 healing afterwards. Um, I don't often run into people that are teaching their children about about death and dying and how to cope with or it. Or schools that have it in their curriculum. Mm-hmm. Schools would be would be great. Yeah. Well, you know, I was saying to Heidi earlier that uh, John Edwards and his um, wife had mentioned. I don't know if you, you saw it in the press, but they'd mentioned the death of their son, Wade. And people said that was a cheap shot to use that for political gain. And and Elizabeth Edwards uh, said that's ridiculous, you know. But people are, isn't that I, just unbelievable? I, I, I don't understand that, that comment. That comment doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, people just don't get it in the world that we honor our loved ones by remembering them. Exactly. That it's not about getting and, and they're they're an amazing they're amazing role models of showing people that it's okay to keep memories alive of Wade and Rich and my brother Scott. That's we'll, we're always going to do that. They're always a part of our lives, even though they're not here. One of the things I like to say is, and you know, someone asked me the other day, well, um, you know, you never get over it, right? And I said, well, you know what? I'm not suffering anymore. Right. I remember, but not with suffering. I like that. Right, and it's. I think it's. Look, what does that comment mean? Getting over it, you know. We we move into different places with our loss. Um, I don't think any of us want to get over um, who our loved one is in our life and who they always will be in our life. It's what we do with that grief and how we heal it. Mm, yeah, well said. And that gets me to the point of I wanted to ask you, John. How do you take care of yourself with your dad being ill and with your grandma dying? How do you take care of yourself, and what do you suggest to your clients? And also with hearing the stories on my grief space mm-hmm. and being supportive of others. Yep. Well, I, I do think that it is, it is important to let yourself get somewhat involved because you want to be able to draw on your, on your personal experiences. But I think that you can't take that to heart when you, if you're on our site helping someone, when you leave that site, um, there are other people that you're going to be helping, and you can't let that be accumulative to drag you down, or it will pull you back down into your own grief. So I think you really have to focus on it while you're in it, and then you have to go on to whatever you're doing next. Um, you can always come back to it. It's always going to be there waiting for you if you want to come back to it or you need to readdress it or you need to do more counseling with that person. It's always going to be there. You can come back to it. It's okay to leave it there and go on to what you need to do next. Mm-hmm. So, so compartmentalizing. Yes, I think so. I, think well, so. I agree with you. Now, what do you do for yourself physically? Do you are you a walker or a runner or you know what do you do to take care of yourself? Um, my outlet actually uh, is I like I love building websites. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not real technical about it. I do use web building software. But I, I love building websites for other people, and I do a lot of that. And that, that's a great outlet for me. And I think whatever anybody's outlet is, it, it might be a hobby. It might be um, exercise. It might be something else. Um, whatever it is, you can focus on that uh, as a distraction. So you mm-hmm. design and create things. Yes. I love to yeah. design and create things. That's, mm-hmm. that's very true. Mm-hmm. How about you, Heidi? Uh, my outlet? Oh, let's see. Um, walking, yoga, um, those kind of things. Yeah, and compar- I definitely compartmentalize, like John said, taking time to visit grief and pain and then putting it away in a little box in my head. I just kind of metaphorically speaking put it all in there and shut it and say, you know what, now I need to focus on something else. Now I need to take care of myself. Now I need to do something positive because I can go and revisit it if I need to. Because mm-hmm. you have pretty intense uh, business where you actually go into people's homes yes, and I work do. with them. Um, I, I go into people's homes and do therapy and work with people that have deaths in 9-11. And the way that I take care of myself in that is we go in with a team and afterwards I'm able to talk with other people and share my feelings or my pain or my thoughts with a group of other people. I think it's important that we not try to handle everything on, on our own. In other words, if, for those of you that are grieving out there, it's important to find people that you can reach out to. Mm-hmm. Don't try to do this on your own. Reach out to others. And I think the net is a great way to reach out. Um, however, sometimes people need some human contact too. Would you say, John? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I think um, nearly everybody that that I talk with on our site um, that, that's, well, first off, that's one of the, the things that, that we do talk about is building a network of support around you, and that very importantly includes human contact, your, your friends, supportive friends, supportive family members, uh, supportive clergy, whoever it is that you can put around you to help you get through this and cope with it on a day-to-day basis. And, of course, animals, too. And animals. Mm-hmm. Animals are great. They yeah. are. In fact, I've known many people that have gotten dogs including my own family, after someone died and said it really helped in healing. I yep. think it's the nurturing. You have yep. something something around you to nurture. Well, the other thing that happened with us, Heidi's uh, talking about our little dog. We got a Shih Tzu named Brittany when, after Scott died. And uh, the thing was that um, people had something to talk to us about. It's strange, but everyone would come up and talk about our dog. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? People do not know what to say. When somebody has died, and yeah. and it's it's really not that easy for anybody that's listening that that might take something away from this is just be there for them. Just say I'm sorry for your loss. I'm here to here to listen. Mm-hmm. No. You know, and and that will open a huge door bigger than you think. Well, uh, one thing I want to say out there, and Heidi and I have found it. We've been discussing this recently, John. Is the fact that not everyone uh, needs a grief group. We always, you know, recommend compassionate friends or other groups. We have one in Palo Alto called Cara, and I um, am a group leader for a compassionate friends group in Palo Alto, California. But uh, some people don't want to do group, and they like the internet. And they find that helpful. Uh, some people find it with their clergy. Um, some people read more than others. So they're just uh, very fascinating, the different approaches. Some people like individual therapy. Some yeah. people don't. They don't get a lot out of it. But and, some uh, people don't want to hear other people's stories, I've found. They'd rather, they want to tell their story, but they have difficulty hearing others. And I think that, like you said, Mom, that's fine. Whatever 
method works for you. It's mm-hmm. what you should use. Yeah, I think that's right. Do you have a comment on that, John? Well, yeah, I think that uh, opening up whatever resources are available to people, and if you're really listening to people, you will find what works for that individual person, and then you can kind of uh, encourage them in that direction. Mm-hmm. And, and it is something different for everybody. And, and, you know, get in touch with yourself. If you're feeling lonely, you need to reach out, even if it's hard for you to get out of bed. You know? Well, and, and one way you can do that, Mom, is go on the Internet and read people's stories. You don't necessarily even have to respond just as a way of connecting with something or someone. Mm-hmm. And even turning your computer on can be a big deal. Yeah. Just getting out of bed to do that. We know that. But also, um, you know, you do with the Internet, with the radio show, you do get a human voice, which right. which I think is interesting. And uh, But we don't get a lot of call-ins on the show, which is fascinating. We know we have a lot of you listening out there, but I think that's part of the process. It's part of the Internet process, and also maybe some of the folks that listen to us are people who don't want to talk. Possibly, yeah. I think it can be a little intimidating to call in also. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember before I hosted the show, I had to call in. I called in at one point, and I was a little anxious and waiting. Um, I mean, once people get on, they like it because they realize it's very casual. But just the process of sitting down and actually doing it is, can be stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you got any thoughts about that, that John? Well, one of the, along those lines, one of the things that we are planning on adding to our website is the ability for people not only to chat but, but to use webcams and see each other while they're chatting. Mm-hmm. And I, I like think that. that that takes chat to the next level, you know, and I think that can be a good and positive thing, and it's totally optional. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, I know we were talking yesterday um, about the fact that uh, when we get low and uh, wondering what we're doing spending all these many, many hours on the Internet, that you will get some kind of a message that comes through. And I I wondered if you had one in mind that you might talk about from somebody who's listened to your site that's kept you going. Uh, I'm sorry, you're cutting in and out. Oh, can you you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Do you have any comments from, uh, well, I know when we talked you said that sometimes you um, feel, you know, feel like, you know, is it really worth it all these hours I'm spending uh, putting on this? Are people really out there? And then you said you get comments from people that really keep you going. Do you have any thoughts on that, any comments in particular that you've found inspiring? Um, absolutely, it, it, and it happens every week that, that you kind of hit a point. You put so many hours into it, and you start to wonder, excuse me, sometimes am I really helping somebody or who am I really helping? And then you'll get, comments back, people will um, instant message with you or send you an email and say, thank you for, for this site. I, I don't think I could have got through the hours without it or, or having the site that's available 24 hours and that they can come on late at night. And it makes it all worthwhile. If I got one of those comments in the whole year that our site's been up, it makes it all worthwhile for me. Yeah, that's great. Well, Heidi, we got one today from Carol, didn't we? Yes. You want to talk about that? Um, Carol, whose son died in an auto accident? No, the one who um, has she has a suicide website and somebody connected with oh, her. Oh, yes, Carol. Okay, that was Cindy's son that died in an auto accident. Um, yes, Carol just emailed us to thank us for the show and say that she touched base with someone that had called in when she was a guest. And this person said that the show had impacted his life. And um, she what, just thanked us for, for having her on. 
Yeah, so it's amazing having, you know, it even goes out to our guests. Uh, and they, you know, it just uh, goes out into the whole universe. It's, it's well, well like you're both saying, we don't know who we're impacting. We hear from some of the people. There are many people out there that are listening right now that we'll never hear from. But, and we have no idea what our influence is, but there are people that we will impact, and there's so many of you that have impacted me. Absolutely, yeah. Well, um, John, before we close our show, can you talk a little bit? Uh, our show is about healing through service, and um, you were saying that there are other ways besides the net. Could you talk about some of those ideas for people? Sure. There, I think there are a lot of opportunities um, for people that want to help others as part of their own healing, and those don't all, always uh, relate directly to to the field of grief. I mean, there are hospitals and... and uh, uh, centers for developmentally disabled or the mentally ill or the blind or the deaf. There are just ample opportunities out there, and if you need to get out and, and do something um, that will more than likely take you in a positive direction, I would always suggest checking into to volunteering in well, one of those areas of service. Even the Salvation Army, we had a guest on that went, that called the Salvation Army, said, I want to volunteer at Christmas, and was one of the ones that rang the bell. And gather money on the street in New York. I mean, like you said, there's many ways we can be of service. That's right, and and uh, you know it can be just a one-off, one-time thing too. So if you're not at this point ready to commit to you know sitting at a, you know doing something at a hospital on a weekly basis or whatever, you could call the Salvation Army like they did and ring a bell. Or or look around you at your neighbors. Sometimes your neighbors need might have a broken leg and need you to run to the store. All these little things do help you feel better about yourself. You know, Harriet Schiff, who wrote The Brief Parent, which is really kind of the quintessential book on grief and loss from, you know, one of the first, said something that I thought was interesting. She said, the, the first thing that I knew I was starting to come back was I baked a cake. Right. And, uh, you know, why do you bake a cake? You bake a cake to give to other people. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. I had a guy once that paid for my toll, on the toll in the toll booth. And when I went, got up there in my car, the guy said, the person in front of you paid and said, have a nice day. Yeah. He That's paid for great. me. That was his service. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it made my day. And I think it often does encourage other people. When you do a good deed, um, it kind of passes on down the line. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, if you've had a, a suffered a loss in your family or friends and the, the other people know, when they see you able to do one thing, they're so heartened because they do hurt for you too. Yes. Yes. That's an important point. So they see that you're moving along, too. So it's inspiring on both sides. Well, it's uh, almost time for us to close the show, John. I wondered if there are any thoughts or comments or anything that you'd like to pass on before we uh, end the show. Um, I would I would just say that if you're hurting, reach out. If you see somebody that's hurting, reach out and try and, try and meet somewhere in the middle. And I think everybody will come out better for it. Mm-hmm. And how about visiting your space? Uh, yeah, please please come check out our space at, at mygreespace.net, and um, I would love to hear from you. I'm open to all comments, suggestions, new visitors, new members. Uh, come on over and check us out. Now, is there a fee for joining? No, our site is, is absolutely free. That's great. So, Heidi, do you have any more thoughts about the, the site before we close the show? I think the site is wonderful for people out there, and uh, I would just, Say what John had said is just to, to visit the site and just check it out and see what's going on, especially if you're feeling alone. 
and you're feeling isolated and you're feeling like you don't know how you're going to survive, you don't know how you're going to get through this, go on and see how others have done it, and that will be the first step. Mm-hmm. So uh, take care of yourself out there, and uh, it's time to close our show today, and we want to thank John Pete uh, for talking with us about healing through service, and I think he um, is a prime example of how you can uh, reach out. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.